They put on the helmet and pads. Picked off by Jonathan Joseph. The Texans go in front. And make the big plays. Tacked again by Whitney Merciless. His second of the game. Now it's time for Texans players to take you inside the game. But as a player, you got to use the little things and the details. And they'll take you outside the white lines, too. Bread pudding, apple pie and ice cream, peach cobbler, or sweet potato casserole. Yeah. Welcome to the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Live from Fuddruckers with your hosts, Mark Vandermeer, D.P. Sidhu, and Drew Doherty. Oh, yeah. You can tell by the size of the crowd it's the Stafford location because they bring it here in Stafford. Mark Vandermeer, Drew Doherty, D.P. Sidhu, and our guest tonight, safety Jaleel Adai, everyone. And he has brought the family with him, too. How about that? Welcome to the show. Thank you, man. Appreciate you having me. Excited it's, to be here. It's the first ever appearance for you on the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. Yes, sir. And we are really pleased that you're joining us. I mean, it's great to have you on the team you started every game last year for the Chargers. Texans pick you up in the offseason, and you are balling. You and the defense making plays, back-to-back wins. Texans 4-2, and two, first place in the AFC South. What's it been like for you so far? How are you feeling? feel good. feel good, man. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the process, you know, coming over here in April, um, getting acclimated, learning the, the system, getting close with the guys on the team, going through OTAs, and you go to training camp, and, and now you've been through the fire with the guys. You know, we've had close games week after week, you know, mm-hmm. against the Saints, you know, just last week. You know, every week it seems like it's coming down to the wire. And I think it's, it shows that this team has a lot, a lot of, a lot of heart, a lot of grit. Um, and we have a love for each other that shows when we play on Sunday. And Jaleel, we just heard them cheering because they were so happy that uh, you love being here, <laughs> excited to be a Texan. I think they might have also liked that there was a run scored by the Astros. but Like right above our heads. <laughs> 84 points by the offense the last two weeks, and that gets a lot of attention. But what you guys did. That was the Texans cheer, by the way, right on there. On defense against the Chiefs. You know, Patrick Mahomes has started a lot of games. You've played against him a few times. Yeah. The best that anyone had ever done was the previous week, 13 points by the Colts. Next best is what you guys did on Sunday. You only allowed 24 points. He averages 10 points better per game. Yeah. Um, I think that's just a test to the challenge that um, the guys um, took this week and knowing that we were going to play a lot of man coverage. And Coach said, you know, you got to win your one-on-one battle. And obviously they got a lot of speed guys on that side of the ball, and Patrick Mahomes can make plays happen from anywhere on the field. Um, so just all week, man, it was just a big deal for our defensive line to keep them in the pocket. Um, and play some, some tight niche man-to-man coverage and win you one-on-one, and I think our guys did that. How about in the secondary, you had a lot of young guys have to step in for injuries and whatnot. What would you think about the job that guys like Lonnie Johnson did coming in there? It, was, it wasn't easy to cover guys like Tyreek Ty, 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 Ty Hill in that game. Yeah, Lonnie's my guy. That's my, that's my dude, and I always tell him every time, and he has all the, all the tools to be one of the best in the league. He's young, he's physical. Um, he's smart, he has size, and he can run. So he has everything that it takes to be a good corner in this league. And there's guys like Keon Cross and Philip Gaines that stepped in, and it's, it just shows the depth that we have in the secondary. And Coach always harps on being ready to play. And, and he made the 53-man roster not based on starters, but based on a team that he believes that anybody he sticks in there can get the job done. What was it like when you were in free agency and you're not sure where you're going to go? Because you were an undrafted guy when you came into this league. Is right. it kind of like being undrafted all over again? You have to start the process, but at a higher level? Yeah, it was, it was different, you know, because I played for one team for six years. So that was my first time in free agency. And the first wave goes and the second wave goes and you're waiting. And you're talking to your agent and teams are talking, but no one has pulled the trigger yet. So 
I mean, it's kind of nerve-wracking, but at the same time, you just got to know that things are going to work out for you. Um, and I just continued to train. I spent time with my family to keep my mind off it. And the Texans called, and I came running. Yeah, and then you get to play the Chargers this season. You have a really good game. Texans win. Mm-hmm. I know you want to win every game, but mm-hmm. it's a little bit of extra juice when you're playing a team where you started out and played, stayed with so long, right? Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, but I have so much love for the organization, the coaches, mm-hmm. um, upstairs, the players, you know, but the competitiveness comes out, you know, when you play, as you can see, I got that taunting penalty at the end of the game. But, I mean, it, <laughs> it was all love, though. It was all love, man. I it was a good game for us all in all, man. I'm glad we got the W. I love that mic'd up by Philip Rivers, and he yelled at you during the game at one point. He's like, you don't know what you're saying. You're, you're just saying whatever. What was that about? That's Phil. That's Phil, but it's because he was making checks, and I was calling out plays, and he was making checks. And I played with him for six years, so I kind of knew you know, certain things that he would say that were audibles and stuff. And it came it was a timeout, and I was talking to Keenan Allen, and he came up and was giving me crap about not knowing what I was, what he was saying. So, I mean, it's it's competitive, but at the same time, it's it's so much fun out there, especially going against guys that you've battled with for six years. I think it was a strange dynamic for everybody involved with the Texans going into that building for the first time. What was it like for you as an opponent in that building for the first time? Oh, um, it was different. You know, I just came. I came the, the crazy thing is, I when I when I was with the Chargers, you come in a certain way. You know, and I came in a different route, and I'm like, man, this feels different. Going into the visitors' locker room felt different, um, but going into the game, and I just had a feeling that that, that it was going to be a good outcome for us and me personally, like my my personal performance and as a team, I had a good feeling that we would get the job done. We were down at halftime. We we talked as a group at half, and you know, said we have to get things going, and we came out and got things rolling and got the W. You know, Daniel Jeremiah, he does the radio games there for San Diego, or excuse me, for Los Angeles, but he's mm-hmm. also on NFL Network, and we saw him that day, talked to him beforehand. We also saw him in training camp, and he was really excited about you coming to the Texans. He said, that guy can do so many things, and I think he's going to fit. He did, he fit fine in San Diego. I think he fits even better with this style of defense and can really flourish here. Did you kind of, is that one of the things that was attractive about coming here? Yeah, no doubt, you know. Coming in here, being able to play for Romeo Cannell, you know, he's a Hall of Fame defensive coordinator. He's won Super Bowls. And a lot of guys who play in this defense has flourished in many ways. And coming here, they said they allowed me to do a lot of different things. I could play, obviously, on special teams, shooting on special teams. But I could play the, the dime money position, play deep safety, and do a lot of different things. So um, I think that, that was very intriguing when I got the call. It seemed like the first few games – most of the games came down to that last drive where the defense is on the field the whole time. But mm-hmm. this last game against Kansas City was different in the sense that the offense was on the field most of the time. Right. You guys got quite a bit of a break. How, yeah. how, what was that like being on the sideline and watching that and just seeing the offense dominate and stay on the field as long as they did? It was great. as complimentary football. You know, um, it takes defense, takes special teams, and it takes offense. And Coach always says when you get that ball and you get that four-minute um, situation where you got to run the clock out and you got to get that first down so you don't put the defense back on, um, that was a perfect opportunity for it to happen. And, you know, Deshaun came through uh, came through on the uh, fourth down and got it done. So um, seeing that and not be having to go back out there against Patrick Mahomes, never know what could happen when he gets back out there. Um, the offense kept the ball in our court and sealed the deal. So it was awesome. Can you feel it physically the next day, the day after, when you play, say, 20 minutes like you guys did, that one versus – 30 minutes like you kind of normally do. It's usually more evenly split. Or is that just a Feel dumb less sore. question? Like? No, nah, I just think you're sore in general. It doesn't matter, huh? Yeah, doesn't matter. I, I mean, one, one hit can make you sore the yeah. next day. You know, so I mean, I don't think that's much of a difference. But it's definitely we took notice. The defense took notice on how um, the offense held the ball in the time of position that they did. 
and I think that was a big part of us winning. Jaleel Adair with us at Fuddruckers in Stafford. The Texans are good against the run. What is that like for you? Do you enjoy that part of it, or do you enjoy coverage more? How do you gauge all of that? I enjoy it all, being honest with you, man. But it's 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 awesome because when you're good against the run, that means you get them in long third down situations. And when you get them in long down uh, third down situations, you can blitz, you can zone drop, you can man to man, and you can give quarterbacks different looks, and that allows us to excel and make plays. Excellent. Well, you're doing a really good job at it, and you're going to need to again this Sunday because the Colts are a good running team. Yeah, no doubt. And Coach already talked about it yesterday, and we've even heard it. You know, just it's it's out there. It's out there in the media, and we know it that. They have a strong, strong offensive line. They spent a lot of the first-round draft picks on the offensive line, and they pride themselves on running the ball, um, running the ball and playing good defense. So it's going to be a challenge for us, but we're up for the task. I want to get back to the Chargers. How bizarre was it to switch from San Diego to L.A.? And I know you've probably been asked this kind of thing a lot, but Mm -hmm. that dynamic, I think every NFL fan still feels sort of uneasy about that because everyone still wants to call them the San Diego Chargers. Drew just did it twice. I actually heard them say the San Diego Chargers when we played them, and the crowd, the announcer said San Diego, and the crowd started booing. Oh, yeah. The ref yeah. said it. Yeah, the yeah. ref yeah. said it. That's yeah, what it was. And the, the crowd ref. booed. And it's it's tough because that's what they've been known for for so long, you know. And just going through that that time, just didn't know whether you were going to have to move your family from San Diego to you're going to stay if you're going to go to L.A. Um, but I think this, the transition was pretty good because they helped us move. They helped. They paid for our moving and stuff like that. And. Guys had a chance in the offseason to go look at homes and whatnot. And, I mean, it's Southern California. It's San Diego, L.A. It, I mean, Rivers is in that <laughs> mobile unit where he watches tape or whatever mm-hmm. and, and drives back and forth from San Diego or is driven. Have you been in that vehicle and seen what it's like? I haven't been in it, but I've seen it. Mm-hmm. I've seen it. I see that he drives almost an hour, hour and some change every day mm-hmm. with traffic. Um, but it's like a big mobile unit. He has TV. He has a laid-out chair in there. He watches film, and mm-hmm. that's, his, that's his time to – you know, take care of things before he gets home to his family. That's not so bad, actually. Not a bad game. <laughs> really watch a lot of film in that. Did you look at a lot of other teams in free agency? Were there other teams that you were considering? How did you decide the Texans? It was about three other teams, but at the end of the day, the Texans were the more aggressive team. Um, and I just liked what they said that they allowed me to do when I came in. Obviously, like I said, contribute on special teams, and then they allowed me to battle for the starting job. And if I didn't get it, then I was going to be the third safety and play the money dime position. Um, it contribute that way, which I've been doing this season. So, I mean, our offense, once you have a quarterback, you always have a chance. And with, with D4 here, man, it, you always have a chance to win the game. And when you have a chance to win the game, you have a chance to go to the big day. As a defensive player, how much do you look at that? Do you, how much do you look at the offense as well when you're evaluating which team to go to? You have to because, like I said, when you have a quarterback, you have a chance. And in this league, it's tough if you don't have a quarterback to win. And, you know, I was lucky with Phil for the first six years, and then I get to come here with D4 who's, I mean, you know, he's, he's lights out when he's out there. He can run, he can pass, he takes control of the offense, and he, he, he controls the ship. And when you have somebody like that at the helm, I mean, good things are going to happen for you. What's that like practicing against him after you practice all those years against Rivers? Um, I see a lot of the same, and he's, he has smarts like Phil. You know, Phil likes to get the team in the, in the best play possible, and, and Deshaun does the same thing. Obviously, Deshaun's a little bit more mobile. I mean, he's more mobile than Phillip. Um, he can get around and make plays with his feet and extend. Um, plays, which, I mean, sometimes you can't draw that up. You know, you make the call, and he has pressure on his face, and he runs around, he gets the ball down the field, and here you go, there's a first down, and we're moving the change. Um, so he's a bright future, man. I've seen a Hall of Famer play, and I definitely think Deshaun's going to be one one day. So you played for Anthony Lynn, and now in the secondary, Danton Lynn is an assistant coach. Yep. What's it like? I mean, have you guys discussed that, the fact that you played for his dad? 
Yeah, we always talk about. I always ask if he spoke to his dad, but I played. But he coached with his dad in San. That's in right, LA. So you knew him out so there. I played with them. He coached. Um, he coached me for one year. Pagano too. Here. Gup, Coach Pagano was my defensive coordinator for four years. So there's a lot of family ties here, and some you know elbows being rubbed for sure. So he could have given you a nice reference. All those guys actually. Yep, and that's another <laughs> thing. Like when I when I came on a visit here, I, I seen Coach Pagano, I seen Coach Lynn. And I felt comfortable with those guys, and I know what they did at the last place I was at with them, what kind of coaches they were and what they brought to the table. So that, that made the decision even easier. Okay, we've made it through an entire segment without me asking a question about you-know-what. Central Michigan. All oh, right? And you know fire. it's coming. You fire know it's coming. Chips. We also, told Mark not to dominate with Chippewa fire Talk. Up, baby. <laughs> fire up chips. Also, we have questions from your teammates next, so you're going to want to stay tuned for this. It's the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show in Stafford. Keep it here for more of the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show right here on Texans Radio. The Houston Texans scratch ticket from the Texas Lottery is your ticket for a chance to win up to $100,000. And it's your opportunity to enter promotional drawings for a chance to win an away game trip on a private plane, VIP season tickets, luxury suite tickets to a home game and more. So get your Houston Texans scratch ticket today. Houston NFL Holdings LP. All rights reserved. For detailed game odds and information, visit txlottery.org or call 800-375-6886. Must be 18 or older to purchase a ticket or enter a promotional second chance drawing. Play responsibly. Red 18! This season, you can share a Coke with your team on it. So I'm going to tell you how with a little help from this quarterback. Sally, 44! You can share a Coke when your team's up. Red Poncho! You can share a Coke when your team's down. Happy Jolly! You can even share a Coke with your rival on game day. Or you can share a Coke when you're giving out your famous guacamole recipe in a completely packed stadium. Cilantro, chopped onion, squeeze a lime, rum and tomato, hike! Share a Coke with a fan this season. Ice cold, delicious! Ice cold, delicious! Ice cold! Now, back to Ruckers for more of the Texans Players Show. Okay. going to make you feel good. Make you feel great inside. Yep. <laughs> Fire up chips. Fire up chips, baby. It sounds like a lot of other fight songs, but it's not any other fight <laughs> song. It's Central Michigan University, the Chippewas. And uh, a long time ago, I was the voice of the Chippewas before you were born, Khalil. Uh, not quite. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not going to ask you about that during this segment. I'm not going to do it. I'll get all misty-eyed. But anyway, Jaleel attended Central Michigan University and has been in the NFL. This is your seventh season in the league. Yes, sir. That's incredible. That's a Congratulations. Thank you. All right, so let's do this now. We do it at the Fuddruckers Texans Players Show. We're with Jaleel Adai in Stafford. Questions from teammates. Who's first? Let's go. What's up, Leal? Still and Cole here. Uh, I was wondering. See, I asked you uh, last time you cut your hair, you said you were seven years old. Wanted to know, do you have any plans of cutting it anytime soon? You were seven years true? old? Or seven were you just lying old? to Dylan? Seven years old was the last time I got a complete haircut. I've trimmed my hair since then, but I've had a haircut since I was seven. Okay, so a trim. A trim you know, I'm shocked it's not longer, to be I honest. Know, I've trimmed it to my shoulders like three or four times. Oh, because you've trimmed it. Okay. Yeah, wait, yeah. wait, that's a cut. Because right now it's down to, is that a cut or a trim? Let's ask the missus over here. Is that a cut or a trim? 
It's a. She says it's, it's a, a cut. cut, so it doesn't count. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, not a like not a buzz cut or like right, a right, right. Hit, like a low cut. I've yeah. had dreadlocks since I was braids and dreadlocks since I was seven. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, when I take him out of my twist, it's down to like nearly. Like brain. Crystal Gale, the old singer. Yeah. yeah. No Crystal Gale's was like. What a reference. Uh, that's like a fine right there. Crystal, <laughs> Crystal you Gale reference. Do you want to hear how big a dork I am? I would, okay. uh, my first concert I ever went to was a Crystal Gale at the rodeo. So, anyways. But that's, that's adorable, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's really so sweet. Back to you, but are you going to get it? Would you cut? ever do it? Would you ever cut it? What do you think? I would never say never, but I don't. No, I don't have no plans on cutting it even after ball. It's me. It's part of me. Have you ever had the ball in your hands and you've been pulled by the hair? Because that is legal. I've, I've, yeah, it is. I've never had that. You know, I played running back in high school. No one's actually. I think I've had once, but it wasn't that long in high school. Um, I've had it pulled before, and like when I was someone was trying to block me on accident, it was draped over my jersey, but nothing. Just at like a total yank. We've See, seen that around here. Jadeveon uh, Clowney pulled, tackled a guy oh, with spice last and it came year, out. But when he was a rookie. Taylor Lewan had, I mean, it was like he wrapped it around. I mean, he, he was yanking Clowney's wow. neck around when they were going against each other when they were rookies. So. I think, and with all the rules talk in the NFL this week, this is the last one you would think would come up, but it is a rule that you're allowed to do that. I think that maybe they should change that. Because when they first started talking about that, you're allowed to pull somebody's hair if they have the ball. Very few guys had long hair like that, right? right. You know, Al Harris was one. Very few yeah, guys Al around Harris the league. Now it's every other player right. has long hair, and it's just, I mean, I'm not saying if it's incidental, you know, throw a flag, but I'm thinking that it shouldn't be a thing. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I mean, if I'm tackling somebody and they're about to score and I see dreadlocks flapping, I'm grabbing them. You're grabbing them. Yeah. Anything you can find, huh? <laughs> but, Anything I can find. What about Hyde grabbed by the jersey? The jersey, yeah, I was yeah, just going to say. Yeah, it could be that anything. That was crazy. Hyde had his jersey grabbed twice. How did it not tear is what that's I was wondering. That's a great wondering. durable shirt. Well, they don't, <laughs> they don't tear these days. And I, I think guys wear them so tight now, you yeah. don't have that kind of thing happening. Right. I'm surprised he was able to get a handful at all. It was because his shirt. It was actually his shirt. It was the under shirt underneath the jersey. Oh, I see. That'll teach you to tuck it in, right? Yes, it will. <laughs> there you go. Let's go on there. Make it greasy. Okay, let's get to the next question from a Texans player for Jaleel Adai. Hey, this is Justin Reed. Uh, I'm wondering if we can trade closets for a day. On game day, be coming in with some fire, man. I'd be wondering where you'd be finding your fits at. Oh, finding your fits. So Justin Reed likes your wardrobe, thinks you're a good dresser. Oh, I appreciate that's that. That's a high man. praise. That's, that's high praise yeah. from a guy that has swag himself. Wait a minute. My mic was off for a second. Fits, that's clothing. Fit, outfit, like, fit. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. But I haven't said it. And now I'm going <laughs> to no, start. No, I, I, I just heard Justin say it. I like it. I'm going to start using so you that word. Yeah, so good. I haven't heard I'm fits. feeling better since you haven't heard it till right now. That's the first time hearing it? Yeah. Threads. I, uh, threads is kind of. <laughs> threads. <laughs> groovy. Uh, <laughs> it's a little what outdated. Swag? What about swag? Yeah, swag, of course. Of course. Uh, cool. I mean, but I've never heard someone look at me. call it your, your fits, which I like. Mark's going to start I was at Central that, Michigan. Swag, of course. That's where it started. That's where it started. <laughs> it all started in the middle it of Michigan. It started in Central so Michigan. So for those that haven't seen you, what, what is your game day style? What, do you, what sort of stuff are you wearing? Oh, I wear suits, and then I wear kind of like streetwear like I'm wearing now. Mm-hmm. Um, He's wearing a nice polo. Yeah, I wear a polo. Um track suit but it's kind of like a fancy track suit but i i use the, i go through this guy named southern gents southern gents clothing um out here in houston um he hooks me up with some good gear so i get to support it for him it seems like guys are not wearing the traditional suits hardly at all anymore right is it they're moving away towards away from it but do you sense a trend in like what the game day 
outfits are becoming? Because now it doesn't even seem like it's super dressed up. It's just whatever is right, your style, you right? Whatever's your style. It's like you let your style speak for you. Right. You know, so it's almost like now, now everyone's wearing like the traditional three-piece suit. Even, even now guys wear blazers with the, the tailored short, you know, pants, mm-hmm. you know, so it's it's all what you, you feel like feeling that day. Watson was wearing a, a some kind of jacket, coat, it's product. Like kind of a flannel that, look? Yeah, yeah, kind of right? a flannel thing. City, yeah. It was like hyper business casual, you know? He, he was so, swaggy. He was swaggy. Oh, I course. like that he's got he the boombox as an accessory yeah. every single game. All right, like, so what is key. it with the boombox coming back? Because I see Jordan Thomas, who's it's on the IR. the same one, I think, out. right? Is it the same one? It's the same one. And it, it, Jordan plays it, you know, when we're coming out of the tunnel. You okay. know, right before we come out of the tunnel, he'll have the music <laughs> with him. So it's like, it's like an extra boost of energy. That's so throwback. He just was carrying <laughs> exactly. it on his shoulder, walking out. And then like we, the 80s. Right. And then we were walking out, and then we get to the door. We were all walking out the same day, and it's pouring down rain. Mm-hmm. And I just hear Jordan Thomas behind us say, uh-oh. <laughs> like he hadn't really thought about it, so I guess he'd turn around and took it back in. But you, you know what I love about Are headphones the... just not cutting it anymore for people? Headphones cut it. Headphones cut it, but that just gives you that extra bass, that extra boom, you know. Extra and bass. He's wanted to share the music with his team. Exactly. That's what I like about yeah. it. It's a more yeah. inclusive thing. It's a group thing instead no of I'm I'm in my own little world. I'm with everybody enjoying this. And that's what you makes know. the ship go. See, there you go. Hopefully, they are enjoying it. Uh, one note before we get to the next question. Justin Reed did ask you that question, and what about him? Second year in the league. What are you seeing in his game? Man, Justin is sky's the limit for him. You know, he's 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 tall. He's big. He's rangy. He's real smart. You know, coming from Stanford, he's smart. Um, he knows the game for being such a young player. He knows the game and um, just seeing what he did last year and what he's doing this year, building on what he did last year. Um, and he has a leadership ability as well for such a young player um, that guys respect his game and they love what he does on and off the field. He's also the second best soccer player on the team behind you because behind he, he was a really, really good soccer player up until about freshman, sophomore year of high school. And then he, he's kind of like you. He, had to give it up. But you, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about your history. This is fascinating. Um, I, played, I played soccer from the age of nine. My dad's from West Africa, Ghana. You know, so that was my first sport, you know, growing up. That was our first sport. He coached me and my brother. Well, all three of, our, all, well, all three of us. I have two other brothers and one sister. And he's coached us all, you know, in the sport of soccer. Um, and I played on the Olympic Development Program for the U.S. Um, I, I went across to Costa Rica and played their U16 team. Um, and it came to the point where I got to when I was 17 where I had to choose to go to college or try to, you know, go the soccer route or to go the football route. And football, growing up in Florida, that was just, that became my first love. You know, I was good at both. And my dad would knew more about soccer, but football became my first, first love. And I chose that route. Was your dad disappointed that you didn't go soccer? Not, not, not at all. That's he not, wasn't? No, nah, he was like, whatever you want to do, son. And to this day, he supports me with whatever I want to do. So, That's great. Yeah. If you had gone soccer... No college, probably, because you have to focus on that full time. Is that how it works? I, uh, I don't think I would have been able to do the Europe route. Okay. I think I would have been able to for sure. I know for sure I could have played the MLS. Um, and MLS, you, I think you can go to college. I'm not sure how that works. I didn't even look at it past 17 years old. The season lasts forever. Yeah. You get yeah. like a month off. And with that year, with the Europe route, you have to literally like be over there from like the age of 10. Like. That's okay. like going to school, playing soccer from like the age of 10. Yeah, they all have – every team pretty academy. much has an academy. Exactly. A feeder system, yeah. yeah there, so there is college soccer here, of course, yeah. but it is more like that if you're going to go pro, if exactly. you're an obvious pro target, if you will. And it's, it's strange because it's so different from football. Football, it's obvious you have to go to college. It would be really weird if football worked like that. Yeah, no, we're not – the physicality <laughs> in football would not allow you to go straight, you know, that from high school to, to the league, so – 
Interesting. All right, we'll get into your other college options in a moment here. But first, our final question from a Texans player for Jaleel Adai. Hey, Jaleel, this is Key. So the uh, question I got for you is that uh, we know that you have a soft personality. So uh, what soft animal would best <laughs> characterize your personality? And for the record, before you answer this, Keon it took, Crossan, it, it took Keon Cross in cornerback, who played really well in the second half, took him about 30 minutes to come up with this question. He was, <laughs> he did. He was <laughs> meticulous about the wording. He wanted to get this perfect for you. So I, I'm, I'm confused. Why did he say, is this an it, inside joke? Does that have to be like a real animal? Or could it be like, a pretend? Know, like well, a teddy bear? He, oh. he, he said the soft part because you're not soft. You've got the lion-hearted backpack, all that stuff. But, right. but he, was, he was kind of messing with you. Cause yeah, I think it'd be a teddy bear. Teddy bear? You no, know, like it'd be a bear kind of. I look like I'm aggressive, but I have a soft side to me. Like, you know, it's like a, you see a real bear, and it's like, err. Then you see a teddy bear, and it's like, oh. <laughs> yeah, so I think I'd be like a bear teddy bear. Very good. What's he like? You said he is just uh, he's Keon's just quite a, a talker, he's, right? He's, but, but good energy. He's actually, uh, I don't know if you guys know that. He's actually a pastor. Keon's a pastor. Did he not does, know that. Yeah, he oh. does sermons and stuff like that. So, uh, good guy to be around. You know, he's in his word. He's positive, good energy. So, all around good dude. He came. He came from New England. I remember his first press conference in front of the media. It was just like in the <laughs> locker room. And I mean, you could tell he came straight from New England because he answered nothing. <laughs> about he was saying words. He was saying words, but he wasn't really answering anything. <laughs> He's not gonna give you a lot. And then later, he was like, "I mean, that's." And, you know, w- w- someone said, look, you can answer it. You're not, we're not going to get you in trouble for answering that. He's right. like, well, this, I, this is just all I know. Right. But then later, like when I talked to him once the camera's off, he was totally fine no, joking that's, around. That's him. Good spirit to do. I love Key. Jalila Dye is with us. Questions from the crowd coming up next and plenty on the Chippewas because I know everybody's on the edge of their seats about, well, maybe not, but we'll have plenty <laughs> more with Jalila Dye here at Fuddruckers and Stafford. The Big Finish is up next. The Fuddruckers Texans Players Show continues in a moment. We're back with more of the Texans Players Show, live from Fuddruckers. Yeah, we are. In Stafford with Jalila Dye. Next week, DJ Reader Greenway. DJ is back. Lunch Pail Crew, LPC. Wait a minute. Does the secondary have a nickname? Not yet. Still trying to you know, come you up get with the You guys are the boys. only ones. I know. We're slacking. <laughs> yeah. We're slacking. The special teamers kind of have a nickname, the Jungle Boys, according mm-hmm. to Buddy Howell. So there's that. No part of Jungle Boys. You got seeds, so you're in that one. Yeah. But the secondary kind of needs one. So we need one. Yeah. I Next guess. time I see you, I'll have one. All yeah. right. That's good. You'll be we able like to be that. in two groups. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yes, sir. That's nice. I mean, I think there are, like, even... J.J. Watt is apparently an affiliate member of the LPC Lunch Pail Crew. I don't even understand D- DJ it. said adjacent. Adjacent He's adjacent member, yeah. to LPC. <laughs> we'll get some more <laughs> clarification very specific next, about that. next week. He's from, not in LPC. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's get some questions here from the crowd for Jaleel Adai. And Liam is up first, a regular, semi-regular here at Fuddruckers. What's up, Liam? Um, what's your favorite candy and what's your least favorite candy? Favorite candy is Snickers and my least favorite candy is a Twizzler. Ooh, a Twizzler. He went very directly at the Twizzlers. <laughs> <laughs> not a fan of licorice. Do you eat candy? I do. You do? I, do. And I'm not, I don't have like a sweet, sweet tooth, but I eat candy. Sometimes. Yeah. Snickers is the world's greatest candy bar. Oh, yeah. Especially when it's cold, too. Especially when you're hungry. Yeah. It really satisfies. Now, the Snickers ice cream bar is like 
It's unbelievable. There it is. It is. It's so good. I, I can't even go near one because my I'll wife spoils me with those. What? Yeah, with what? She spoils really? me with the with the Snickers ice cream. That's because he burns oh. like a billion calories a day. <laughs> like, if it, I, if, if you, I have one of those, I'm done. If, if you don't have a sweet tooth, what's the one food that's hard to stay away from when you've got to stay on your football Yeah, diet? what's the cheat food? That's I think any fried food. I think oh, yeah. any fried food, burgers, oh. chicken. Yeah, they have none of that fries. here at Fuddruckers. Yeah, good thing you're here uh, at Fuddruckers. Right, exactly. <laughs> Around French fries I and can't burgers. resist the fr- Every week I come in here, I'm like, I'm going to have the salad because they do have good salads here. They I'm going to do it. And I get to the counter and I say, I'll have a burger and fries, please. And that's how it works every week. <laughs> I'm always okay. tempted to eat Mark's fries, except he does this weird thing where he puts mayonnaise like right next to it's them. It's a Dutch thing. It's a Dutch and thing. And I'm just yeah. like, well, now I'm not tempted to eat your fries. At no, it's a, it's, that's Gross. how they're supposed to be eaten if you come from Holland. Mayonnaise. It's okay. like a mountain of mayonnaise. <laughs> next question. Mary. Hey. Hello. What has been your favorite part of the 2019 season so far? Ooh. Oh, I like that. My favorite part was meeting my former team, the Chargers, mm-hmm. going back to them and getting my... That was fun. Yeah, it was. That was a fun trip. Wait, yeah. you won at Arrowhead last year, too, right? Yeah, I did. Oh, my god! Back-to-back years. And that was a heck of a game last year, too. Sunday night. And you know how hard it is to win. Were the guys talking to you about playing there? Because the Texans have not played there since 2013, mm-hmm. and only five players remain from the squad that was there. I know some other guys who are new to the team probably have played there as well. I think it's pretty much. I mean, it's pretty known that that's one of the toughest stadiums to play in in, yep. the, in the league. Other than, I mean, New Orleans is up there. Seattle, yeah. Uh, um, Oakland's actually up there as well. Um, the Black Hole gets pretty rowdy playing in that division. For it so does. Long. Even if it's half full, it's pretty tough. It's tough. It's a tough place to um, win. But I think Arrowhead um, tops them. So going in there and doing that, that was big. What was the loudest stadium this year? Because you played in two of the ones that you mentioned. New yeah. Orleans. New Orleans. We were wow. discussing this as well. We, we thought New, New Orleans. Orleans was louder. I've never been in a louder place. Yeah, than, that than was this one. crazy. Yeah. I felt like you guys, and I know it affects the offense more than defense. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to be quiet for the opposing offense in a road stadium. But I felt like the Texans really took the crowd out of it. And mm-hmm. in the second half, I thought there were numerous downs where I thought, the crowd really should get it going here because, right. you know, we had third and fourth. Fourth down, they were going crazy. Right. But a lot of them had started to leave anyway, so it was kind of interesting. That yeah, that way. was the quietest I've heard Arrowhead. Yeah. And, and a lot of guys like, man, I thought it was I thought it was a crazy stadium. Like, yeah, but we took the crowd out of the game. Yeah. That's what you got to do when you go in the way. So. Yeah, they were having some issues, all yeah. due to the Texans, or many of them. All right, next question from the crowd. What's your name? Oh, she's getting her question ready. What is your name? Serene. Barone? <laughs> What's your question? Growing up in Florida, did you go to Disney all the time? <laughs> all right, so where'd you grow up in Florida? The Tampa, Florida area. Okay. So, so I was 45 minutes to an hour from Disney, and I've probably been to Disney, I would say, when I was young, probably four or five times. Four or five. Yeah. Favorite ride at Disney? I didn't, I'm scared of roller coasters. Ooh. Yeah, I'm scared of roller coasters. So you don't do Space Mountain? I don't do Space Mountain. So, like, it's a small world (laughs) with your jam? I ride like a little teacup. (laughs) (laughs) I ride like a little teacup that goes in a circle. We we took Bernardrick McKinney to Disney World after the Pro Bowl. We followed him around with some cameras, Mm -hmm. and he screamed so loud on the roller coaster that (laughs) we could hear I wasn't even on the ride, and I could hear BMAC. And he swore it wasn't him, but right. then uh, his wife was like, oh, that was definitely him. <laughs> he was screaming Yeah, I'm not a fan of roller coasters, so I'd never get on them. So you're going back to Tampa as well this year. Well, how special will that be to get to play in Tampa if, where you grew up? I, um, 
special because I grew up a Tampa Bay Bucks fan. You know, that you era with John Gruden and Derek Brooks, Warren mm-hmm. Sapp, Super Bowl era. So going back there um, is going to be special. going to have a lot of family and friends there. So that's going to be a dream come true. This whole season is like the Jaleel Adai <laughs> reunion tour. I mean, Road you're, tour. Pl- you're playing Gruden. You're playing the Raiders because you're, you're playing all these AFC West teams, right. and you're very familiar with them. So that's pretty cool. We just need to go to Central Michigan now. I know. Central. Darn it. Oh, if only. If only. All right, what's your name and what's your question? Uh, Ruben, and how is it playing with veterans like Watt, Joseph, and Whitney? Um, those two guys, Watt and, and J. Joe, that you just mentioned, are arguably Hall of I mean, J. Um, J. J's Hall of Fame for sure, and J. Joe has numbers that can arguably be Hall of Fame numbers, you know, and playing with Whitney, um, he's, he's, he's a beast, man. You just see the season that he's starting off with. Um, he's, he reminds me a lot of Melvin Ingram from the Chargers, he, the way he, he, he can pass rush, he can drop in into coverage, and you got to always know where he is on the defense. So, you know, J.J. gets a lot of attention, and Whitney's doing a great, great job this year um, handling his own. J.J. has been around a while. 06, he came in the league, but you're just a year behind Whitney, two years behind J.J. I mean, you're basically a contemporary of theirs. You're the same age. Mm-hmm. How much experience is in the secondary? It's you. It's Tashawn. Mm-hmm. Now you got Mike Adams in there. I mean, there's right. a lot of knowledge. J.J. J. I mean, Bradley Roby has been in the right. league a long time. There's a lot of knowledge back there, isn't there? There's a lot of knowledge in the secondary. I mean, it it pays its dues because a lot of guys get to watch film and we get to pick out different things that somebody somebody may not see and get to point it out to even the coach or, you know, the younger players and just pick each other's brains, you know, to see how we'll play a certain formation or a certain uh, route concept. So just having all that knowledge back there in the secondary, man, it's been awesome. All right, so I've waited long enough. Central Michigan. Now, the Chippewas. So we have Xavier Crawford. On the team, who's also a Chippewa. And there are numerous Chippewas around the NFL. I don't have to name them all. Eric Fisher, we just Mm -hmm. saw him or saw his team in Kansas City. Joe Staley from the 49ers. I'm not going to go on and on. Antonio Brown, another Chippewa. Anyway. J.J. Watt is a former Chippewa. J.J. Watt is a Chippewa. Thank you very much. So what about it? So for those who don't even know where it is, what it is, it's right in the middle of the hand in Michigan. What what would you tell them about Central? What's Central like, Jaleel? It's a college town, small. Summertime, it's quiet. Uh, when, it's, when the season's in, college in, it's a crazy, crazy town. A lot of bars, a lot of pubs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a beautiful town, man. It's something that you can't really explain. You just got to kind of feel it. Um, and it's driven off of the Central, trip, I mean, the, the Central Michigan um, University. It's driven off of that for sure. When you go to a college like that, which is not near any major airport, let's be honest, right? Two, two and a half hours is the closest airport. I mean, it's, yeah, that's what it's like. Yeah. You've got to take a drive to go anywhere. You've got to really want to leave. I mean, you can get to Lansing <laughs> in a couple of hours and then... Uh, that's a commitment to go somewhere else. Grand Rapids or whatever, but that doesn't go anywhere. Exactly. So you're, you're from Tampa, Florida, so it's not exactly an easy trip to go up there. What attracted you about the university? Oh, it was a funny story. I was committed to actually West Virginia. I was committed to West Virginia for a year and a half, and mm-hmm. my brother played uh, college ball there and actually is coaching there now. Okay. Uh, Rich Rodriguez was the coach, and I graduated. I was graduating early to enroll um, uh, to play spring ball. And they, uh, Rich Rodriguez got the head coaching job um, at Michigan at that time. And um, Coach mm-hmm. Stu uh, came and got the West Virginia job, and he called yeah. me up and he said, uh, "We want you to come in the summer." And I was just bummed, and I was like, "Wow, coming in the summer? I just graduated. I told mm-hmm. Florida State, I told Florida, I told all the other schools that I'm going to I'm going to West Virginia University." Um, so when that happened, um, uh, Butch Jones was the coach at West Virginia receiver coach, and he was recruiting me as an athlete. 
and he got the head coaching job at Central Michigan University. Oh, I see. Um, so I decommitted like two weeks before signing day. Just I was solely kind of upset, uh-huh. you know, that I that they would do that, and I put all my eggs in one basket. Um, it came down to USF, which was in Tampa. It came down to Iowa State, Iowa, kind of, sorta, but I felt at home with Coach Jones. You mentioned that he recruited you as an athlete. Now, that's an actual, not a position, but a guy, you're going to come in and do a variety of things. And then they'll find a spot for you type deal. Running back, possibly? I played running back. Um, I played slot receiver. I didn't play safety until my second year in college. It was spring ball, and it was a pass, and I I was at receiver, and I I peeled back, and I cracked back to a defensive lineman. And after that, my coach said, okay, you're going to the secondary. And really? Because yeah. he saw you hit. Because he saw me hit. And then you kind of leaned on your brother for some tips, you yep. know, playing the position, right? Exactly. And once that happened, I called my brother as soon as I got to the dorms, like, oh, I'm playing safety. Can you tell me something? And I spoke to him. But the only way I knew how to play safety was I watched him. And that's the only way he played was physical, like downhill to the ball, hard hitter. And I just modeled my game after that. Was that's it- interesting to me because some, some receivers might be great athletes, but – they might not be interested in hitting the way you need to no at the doubt. higher levels, right? No doubt. no doubt. I totally agree. A lot, a lot of receivers like to score touchdowns, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, in, in the magazine newspapers, but they don't want to hit. And, I mean, I mean, that's just what it is. But, I mean, I guess it was in my bloodline. I just didn't know it at the time. Was there any disappointment that you had to switch from offense to defense because you don't get to make the flashy plays as much? I mean, you do, but not, you're not scoring touchdowns right. the way you were as a running back or receiver. A little bit, but then I, after speaking with my family, my brother, I realized that, you know, that might be my best option of making it because there's a dime a dozen receivers and a dime a dozen of running backs that come out each and every year. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that I had no time to pout because it was my second year in, in college and I, time was ticking. Got to so get going. Like, okay, mm-hmm. this is what they're asking me to do. I need to hone in on it. I need to learn my craft, hone in on my craft and make the best out of it. And I did that. Here you are in year seven, and you didn't get drafted, like we pointed out. So clearly everybody was wrong. Mm-hmm. But what was that like at the time? Were you expecting to get picked? Was it a big disappointment? Did it motivate you? How do you feel? How did you yeah, feel? Yeah, I was expected to get picked. I had like, numerous of, um, agents tell me I was going in the third to the fifth. Uh-huh. And I've had my, my draft day. I'm sitting there with my family. My phone's ringing. Different numbers are calling to say, we're going to take you next round, take you this round. And the draft ended, and no one took me. And I remember going outside. And just walking down my sidewalk, and then I was literally in tears. Like, but it was more so uh, just frustration. Like, why, you know? Yeah. But I turned that into motivation. Um, and after the draft, I mean, I had like 15, 16 teams call me, and I got to choose, and I chose San Diego at the time because I thought that was my best shot of making it. Um, How long just, did it take to make up your mind? Probably within an hour. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do it fast, yeah, right? Just like you got to go. Right. So I probably made that within an hour. Uh, flew out there the next week, and that's just always been my motivation. I've always had that chip on my shoulder, and I even I wear that chip till now. After signing two, three contracts, I still wear that same chip on my shoulder just to know that I feel like you know they look past me, and I'm going to make them pay for it. It's funny from a, a football operations standpoint, from the team side, because you get through the draft, and now you're kind of recruiting guys. Right. You know, come play for us. Right. What is it like as a player? You're really disappointed you didn't get drafted, but here you have all these offers. That's right. got to be kind of a consolation prize at, at the very least. You no, know, I always look at I always try to take the good out of every situation because I know there's, it could be that the draft is over and no one's calling you. You know, right. and that's not and you have no opportunity. So I just knew that all I needed was opportunity to get my foot in the door, and I had a confidence in myself, and I knew my ability. Um, that once I got my foot in the door, I'll be able to make something happen. So your NFL debut comes, I believe, the same time as D.P. Sidhu's first NFL game. 
Monday Night Football <laughs> against the Texans when you were oh, in charge. Oh, that right? was, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. The, the second of the doubleheader, right? Yep. That was your first game? Oh, Cushion. that's right. That against the Texans. Cushions pick six. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that was a right. wild game. Yeah, that was, that was wild. a wild game, yeah. That, was, River, that, would, that would go on to be the highlight of the 2013 season. The funny thing is, Rivers was already old then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, he was. He was, though. That's crazy. He's Cl- still doing his thing. Class of 04. I mean, some guys have been around for a long time. So you have Mike Adams in the room with you now. Yeah. And what is that like? Because you feel you are a veteran, right. but he's a, even more of a veter- yeah, veteran. Yeah, he's 38, 38 years old, 15 years in the league. I mean, yeah. I think I'm a veteran, but then I see someone like him. It's like, hey, dang, I feel like a rookie. Yep. You know, because he's been in the league. He's been in the league literally double the amount of time that I've been in. And seven years in the league is almost like 0.1% of doing, you know. So seeing someone who, who has made it, he was undrafted as well, and seeing him make it as far as he has, man, it's you only dream of doing that. All right, we talked a little bit about food in a fun way, but has your diet changed as you've gotten a little bit older, more mature, do you take care of your body differently? What kinds of things do you do differently to survive and thrive in the NFL over there all these years? Um, no doubt. I mean, I remember my rookie year, I'd eat uh, whatever. I'd eat fried food, burgers, and I'd still be able to go out there and run, um, not get no body work. And as time goes on, I literally get body work probably four times a week. You know, even the day before mm-hmm. the game, I'm getting worked on my body just to make sure that because your body's your investment. You have to invest in it. Or if it's it doesn't work, you can't play. If you can't play, you can't make plays and if you can't make plays you're not in the league anymore right you know so it's just um it's so crazy because you see the younger guys come in and they just go about the business and don't get body work and they just and they're, but they're fresh still it's because their body's recovering that much faster but as time gets older man you have to do so much different stuff as how far as hydrating and stuff and eating well are there any young guys though that actually do get it and do start doing that immediately yeah i think there's a lot of them on our team that do it you know because but one of the reasons is coach o'brien he pushes it and talks about it yeah. And he actually demands it that you guys get body work, get in the cold tubs, get in the hot tubs, um, and start now. So it's not too late whenever, you know, something occurs, knock on wood. When you were with the Chargers, was there a veteran that sort of led you along and sort of taught you these things to sort of teach you all the – so you didn't have to learn the hard way? Yeah, that I these think, are things you need um, to do. Eric Weddle was the one who I kind of, you know, trying to model my game after, see how he went about his – his work as a professional. He had a great career, career too. Yeah, still going. Uh, there's a guy, Daryl Stuckey, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was um, a special teams ace at the time, and he's one of the guys who kind of, you know, pushed me towards the, the realm of taking care of your body and inviting me over to his house where he had masseuse and acupuncture guys and just kind of introduced me to everything. So I can't thank those guys enough. All right, so the old Chargers, did they ever come around like Dan Fouts and Kellen Winslow and all those guys I from never that seen era? i Winslow, but i seen Fouts all the time. i see LT, i see Fouts, i seen Merriman. So a lot mm-hmm. of the guys actually come back a lot, a lot. Kind of just how, you know, Andre's still here, mm-hmm. you know, Kush is still here. So they keep guys around that have done a lot of great things in the organization for young guys to come in and, you know, be able to, like, lean a shoulder on or ask for advice. So kind of the same thing how the Texans doing it. How do you like living in Houston? I love it. I love the city of Houston, mm-hmm. actually. You know, coming from California, the only biggest thing is just the weather is really hot. Mm-hmm. It's really hot. It's, it's like being it's back home. It's hot for Canada, us, right? too. It's, it's so weird. Hot. It's weird how hot it still is. But I'm from Florida, so, I mean, I'm, I'm used to it. I'm used to it. But then I went to Michigan where it was freezing. Then I went to San Diego where it was the best Perfect. weather in the world. <laughs> yeah. And then I came to Houston, and I was like, got out the shower, and I was sweating. I'm like, no lotion's needed. Uh, yeah. It's but, great for your skin. But Tampa is hot, too. Tampa's hot. It's, sim- it's yeah. similar to Houston, so I wasn't yeah. that bad. Uh, well, just give it a minute. When did you get here? You got here in uh, late March? Eight, 
yeah, April? March, March, April. Yeah, so it was still kind of cool then. Mm-hmm. And you missed the rodeo, so you're going to get to experience that this year in the offseason. A lot of culture here. That, a lot of Texan culture here, and you're yeah. absolutely going to love it. It's going to be great. The Astros just won, by the way, so they're up 2-1 now. No, 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 they, they like the Texans culture. Oh, they like the Texans culture. Okay. They love Houston. Well, no, I've just pointed that out. Because, but the Astros, like, yeah, they did win, so. Are you a baseball fan? Uh, no, really. But okay. I'm, I'm going to root for the home team for sure. Yeah, you're a home team That's guy. That's a great answer. Basketball? <laughs> I'm with the Rockets. Okay, there we go. Yeah. There we go. Well, yeah, I mean, you have no pro basketball in Tampa, but no. so, South Florida. Anyway, it is so great to have you here. Mm-hmm. It's been a pleasure. How about a big hand for Jaleel Adai? Thank you. Texans safety coming up. Texans all access from Stafford. It's the Texans Players Show. This is Texans Radio. Teachers, are you looking for a resource to help your students blitz through the math section of the STAR test? Join Toro, the Houston Texans, and ConocoPhillips as they help third and fourth grade students tackle math together with Toro's Math Drills. Toro's Math Drills is a video series that will challenge your students on math topics like fractions, multiplications, division, and place value, all the while having some fun in the classroom. Sign your classroom up today for free at HoustonTexans.com and run your students through Toro's Math Drills. Presented by ConocoPhillips. Go Texans! Hey, Texans fans, Drew Doherty here. Win with Texans Checking by scoring exclusive tickets from First Community Credit Union. Just open a Texans Checking account by December 31st. You'll be entered to win season tickets for the 2020 season. That's two club-level tickets and parking pass for all home games, including the playoffs. Learn how to score big by visiting the playbook at FCCU.org forward slash season tickets. FCCU is the official credit union of the Houston Texans. Certain criteria apply. No purchase necessary to enter. See FCCU.org forward slash season tickets for the full details. FCCU is backed by the NCOA. NCOA. NCOA.